Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to your inaugural episode of I Plead the Culture. My name is William Happy and I will be one of your co-hosts here. Uh, That is my actual last name. Uh, I will be going by that and I am not interested in talking about the subject again. Uh, Partner, why don't you give me uh, your your name and number? Yeah, yeah. What's going on, y'all? My name is Casey McCarrig. That is my government name, so please don't Google that or you might catch a couple bodies if you do. Um, you might know me as my alias, Cloudy Case. And yeah, man, welcome to our first episode of I Plead the Culture. Yeah, why don't you give us a, a little rundown of, of the name and, and sort of why we chose it? Yeah, of course. So, you know, like when you go to court and you're trying not to incriminate yourself, you hear everyone saying, oh, I plead the fifth, I plead the fifth. Here, we plead the culture, right? And the dictionary definition of plead is to support and argue for. So if you replace plead with that definition, you get I support and argue for the culture. And that's what we're trying to do on this podcast. You know, we're arguing for certain topics and bring certain topics to light that normally don't get talked about quite as often. Yeah, and I think we're, we're here to sort of talk um, about those topics and more so about that than um, maybe the more musical side. This isn't going to be Case and I's top five albums of the year. Don't think we necessarily anyone necessarily cares about hearing any of that people probably do they might care and we might do some live episodes doing those definitely uh but you know for, for all intents and purposes we're gonna focus on more of the um political side of, of hip-hop talk about it how it exists in sort of the political landscape uh why it's important that we uphold the genre as a whole uh hip-hop is one of the largest genres in the world and, and yet it's sort of not respected as such uh, we want to sort of call that out and we want to talk about some of those things and of course, uh, we're, we're trying to beat the culture vulture charges. We, we, we have been charged, and I hope um, everyone saw our sort of promo run leading up to this podcast. On the run. On the run. Uh, you know, obviously, we're fans first, so if we were going to do a podcast, it was important to do a rollout. Uh, shout out to Rye for, for directing that video. Appreciate you, bro. My guy. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, we're trying to beat the culture vulture charges. Uh, and, and on a realer note, uh, it, it is a predominantly black space. Hip hop is. Uh, I'm white, if you couldn't tell by my voice, Case. I'm an Asian-American male, so. Yep. Uh, so, you know, we have, we have to name that. Uh, you know, we're visitors in this space and sort of our responsibility to make sure we're upholding the art. So that's what this podcast is going to be about. Uh, we're going to talk about some of those things. And just know that this isn't your average audio diary. <laughs> Absolutely not. This is not me and Casey's day-to-day. No one cares. Never that. <laughs> Never that. Uh, Case, why don't you... Start us off by talking a little bit about your your upbringing in hip hop, um, sort of when you became a fan and, and all that. Yeah, man, I think it's it, it goes way back, right? So it goes back to probably middle school, mind you. I am uh, a very privileged and lucky individual. Mm-hmm. Um, went to Catholic school my whole life. Same. Um, from from Are middle you still school. Still practicing Catholic at I, all? I mean, I practice. So when was the last time you went to church? Uh, actually, Christmas Eve. Really? Yeah. Okay, nice. Almost burned walking in. 
would, um, I would bet. I'm afraid that's why I can't go back. Yeah, I don't but wanna... no, no. Yeah, I, I practice so that okay. way I can. I'm just curious because I, I grew up the same way. I was an altar boy, but I was never that. Okay. <laughs> I practiced so I could and justify. I'm fine, by the way, the only reason I claim that is so I could nothing, justify the the cross tattoo on my arm. So. <laughs> Okay. Um, Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Yeah. So it goes back to then, man. Like yeah. I remember being a young head, you know, um, obviously you have a lot of influences from your friends and stuff like that. But um, I was listening to, you know, a bunch of different shit when I was, when I was young. Sure. Um, I think it, the, the first artist that I remember really, really gravitating to was Lil Wayne. Um, mm-hmm. he was a man to me, right? Like, sure. I remember getting my iPod, going home, downloading a Millie and then Duffel Bag Boy. Yep. And they were the clean virgins were to being <laughs> an Asian American, you know? Um, same. Yeah. It, they, they were hard though. Right. And I was like really, really into that and emulating that. Yeah. And that's something that I really, really gravitated towards. And you know, technically you have to be a certain age to buy explicit albums. Is that? I learned that when I bought a Green Day album when I was like in sixth grade. <laughs> And I know you don't know Green Day. But yeah. <laughs> word, to, word to outside lands. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the lady wow. at Target, I guess I'll never forget it. Maybe I'm traumatized, but um, yeah. Anyways, continue. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, Lil Wayne was, was a big one for me. Um, and, like, that just kind of goes to show, like, I was in the, like, fifth, sixth grade, yeah, right? right. Slapping <laughs> Duffel Bag Boy a Millie <laughs> lollipop, right? Yep. And, like... I pretty have ex- yeah. pretty explicit shit. Yeah. And at that point, like, I didn't have anything in common. I probably still don't have anything in common with those tracks, right? No. And so I think the bigger question that we need to ask is what made me, as a very, very young, open-minded, naive child, gravitate towards the the codeine-sipping, pill-popping, <laughs> weed-smoking right. goat yep. known as Little Wayne? Yeah. Right. And like we had nothing in common except maybe our height. But I, I really, <laughs> Same, yeah. you know, like How tall is he actually? He's, he's a small guy. Smaller than us. Small little guy. Yeah. Like five, five. I think we might be taller. Yeah, I think so. Too. We can't say that very often, but yeah, I think that one, that one. That's why I'm hits. trying to get it in. Yeah. So live. So, but yeah, knows. but I mean, like thinking about it, right. Like it's, it's a very funny and, and dynamic concept to look sure. at in, in regards to like what really made me then right. gravitate towards that yeah you know and like i don't know and i don't know and and that's something that i think we're going to be exploring throughout this podcast yeah do you remember the first like song or first hip-hop you ever heard in your life in my life yeah i mean when i was young i was listening to like a bunch of well my dad he's very into jazz and and cool. more kind of instrumental um type music he like loves the saxophone and stuff trumpet and I thought that shit was boring as hell when I was a kid, <laughs> It probably right? is. I was more Bruce Springsteen and, like, Tom Petty. Yeah. Well, but but I will say that my dad also had kind of this this dark side to him. I'll say dark side where mm. he was running Tupac, Warren G, and Biggie. Okay. And loving it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so kind of I grew up on that as well. Um, I, I, being a young head, I really didn't realize the very, very, like, strong impact impact that would have on me sure but i mean i heard it and yeah. i was like wow this is kind of sick you know again had no, nothing to do with relating to it but just like the catchy flows the lyricism i thought was dope yeah you yeah. know hard not to like hard not yeah. to like yeah. for sure and what about you 
Um, I mean, for me, I think like the the first hip hop song I ever heard was, I mean, first experience with hip hop was like I bought NBA Live two thousand three. Classic game. J Kid on the front. Yeah. yeah. Which actually ended up the soundtrack going platinum, which was the first time in video game history. So that was like kind of a good introduction to have. I didn't know what like going platinum at the time meant, but that was high quality. So that was like sort of my first introduction. Um, and from there I was kind of hooked. Like I remember being in carpool going in like the third grade and like we all got to pick one song and I like picked one from the two, the NBA live album. And I think the rest of the car was pretty freaked out. My sister was in kindergarten and she was terrified I think, at the time. But to me, it was like, this, this shit is hot. Like this is, this is, this is what I'm talking about. And then like from there, I think after that, um, like getting a little bit older, I remember being at middle school dances and like Soldier Boy. I think now is sort of looked at as looked at like a clown, but at the time he was a bit of a pioneer, a generational like, icon. Totally, like that was the most popular song on the planet. Like that was the original Old, old Town Road. I think. Yeah, like so, if you weren't cranking that, yeah. like you were looked at and as like, an outcast for sure. I'm talking about an all white middle school Catholic dance. And they're playing that. And you're, it's like, so and you're I, ripping that. Ripping it, yeah. yeah. Or doing my best version of ripping it. I don't think I was actually ripping it, but I was trying. Um, but, like, I, you know, so if we're doing that there, I assume, like, most everyone has had some sort of, like, experience with it, like, where they're hearing it. Like, it, it is, you know, for sure, public enough to be consumed everywhere. I don't know about, like, if you're in Iowa or something. I don't know what kind of yeehaw shit they listen to and middle school dances it might not be that do i think soldier boy made it that far no but i think maybe for the for the most part of the population i think everyone experiences it pretty young um and i was sort of i was sort of attached to it from from there and then i think you know my experience was like the people that i knew my friends my family and stuff the way they sort of viewed hip-hop i think was as like didn't see it as legitimate unless it was like very lyrical um you know, gravitating towards the more like, you know, rappers who try to have like a message type thing. That was like what felt acceptable to me. Sure. So that's sort of what I like gravitated to at a young age, like in high school. And like, what, what were you spinning? <laughs> well, this is embarrassing, but one of the first rappers who I was like super into was Hobson. I, I <laughs> and, really don't even know who that is, to be honest with you. Hobson? No. No, he's like a, um, he wore like contacts. He like kind of he has like a black M M&M and M thing going on, like sort of is the way I would describe it. It's not my and guy. He, I guess. he was like very into like dissing like other people, and like I don't think anyone ever responded to him. But like, and he would like every year he would come out with like his like ill mind was what it was called, like his like mm-hmm. song of the year, like calling people out. <laughs> like this was me and like freshman sophomore year of high school. Him talking about like not smoking weed and i was like this is fire like i would never smoke weed <laughs> <laughs> that's like sort of like i'm dead ass that's, and i know this is embarrassing because i'm saying this out loud to the public but that is what i was like actually listening to at the time which was kind of embarrassing but like looking back it's like he was kind of affirming like you got to be lyrical you know you got to be away from all this stuff and like eventually i got turned off by that because like it felt like it was not giving me access to so much for sure um you know more in the genre yeah um and so I, I eventually sort of rejected that, and I think, um, you know, from there it was like I almost started listening to music that was explicitly the opposite. You know, that's when I started getting into, like, Young Thug 
and what is considered like mumble rapping more melodic to sort, of, to, to sort of explore like what all these people are talking about when they don't think it's legitimate like don't listen to one song and, and form that opinion like listen to like a whole project's worth and that's what i started doing and that's why i found sort of like a deeper appreciation for it like getting through that stage of like this isn't just an art, art form that has to be lyrical you know so that yeah, I feel um like. that sort of was my trajectory more so um, but I also think it's important that, like, the lyrical stuff can still exist. Like, you can have different messages. I just think it should be – doesn't have to be one or the other, I guess, is sort of my bottom line. Yeah, and I, and I get that. And I think that kind of – it's a, it's an easy tie-in to kind of understand where our place in this music is, right? right? So I think, like you were saying, like, our, our parents – the generational gap is apparent, right, in regards to your dad hates listening to – what we like listening to hates it you should have seen him on our family vacation like i had to charge my phone it was like predictably at like five percent and like we were going to the restaurant be real hadn't gone off yet so i want to make sure i had enough percent to get enough juice in there yeah for be real um so i was like i have to plug this into the uber and it automatically connected to music and it started playing um california breeze by little baby and my dad was like flipping out in the back seat he was like, turn this off now. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. But so I guess it is what it is. It is what yeah. it is, right? And it's just like, it makes us think, why, what, why, what is our, our dad's deal with yeah. the music that we listen to, right? Sure. Like, why does he say that? Why, does our, why do our parents say that that isn't considered rap? Right. Right. Do you think it is the generational gap or do you feel like it's more so they just refuse to give what we listen to a chance. I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah, I think like older generations are always going to be a little bit scared of like what's new and different and I think like we live in a society where art is constantly being evolved like other things and technology and um, I think they're always going to push back a little bit on that and I, I think again there is an aversion to even like giving it a chance. Um, you know, something I think about is like if you found somebody who like hated the new generation of rap and you were to pick your like favorite three albums and give it to them, do you think you could pick three albums good enough to like, I think so, for sure. transform that, somebody I, into a, a fan? Definitely. That's a very loaded question, yeah. right? But like, I, I think I could pull that off, and we'll save that for another episode of the pod. But Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, write that down. Write that down. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that, that kind of goes back to what... I, I don't want to get too, too into it. But sure. We what, need to save some content. We need to save some content, but I think a, a question that we can kind of pose off of that is why would you choose those albums, right? Like, what yeah. is the subjectability of... Sure. What do you the, like about it? How do you what, relate to it? Exactly, yeah. right? And so, for me, I think more so it's one, the beats, mm-hmm. right? And the subject matter doesn't always need to be too, too um, pulled apart from what we are used to, right? Sure, yeah. And that, Say more about that. I want to hear what you mean. And I think that... It, I mean, so... I think rap and um, R&B have a very synonymous relationship. Sure, of course. And that's very, very relatable to the everyday person, Mm -hmm. right? And it's not so much like, oh, like I'm out gangbanging and and (laughs) sticking trackers on whips. It's more so (laughs) like we have rappers. I had to Google what a tracker was. Not me. (laughs) But you have rappers that are talking about love and and heartache and romance, and it's kind of and it's kind of masqueraded over a very down tempo beat. Yeah. And it sounds very very good, right? Like you take Creeping off Metro Boomin. Oh. 
so good. Classic might be the album of the year for us, right? But yeah, um, you have like very very godlike vocals from Abel, God, and you have for sure. very very icy bars from Twenty One, mm-hmm. and they kind of flow together very very synonymously, and it kind of creates like this godlike synergy that you can only find in a genre like hip hop. Yeah, right? no, I think that's an interesting point. It's like two sides of the same coin, like. The, I, and I think that's such a good example because it's like the weekend gives you like the more honest and vulnerable side of what the song is and he's giving you that part and then the 21 I think gives you the more like he, you know he's still a little vulnerable on that too but like gives you the more I used to mad, ride yeah, in the rinky dink yeah type. like a little bit more revenge type bars yeah you know so I think that that's interesting yeah, and I think it is a unique genre and that that's where it is able to and it, and it appeases both parties Totally. Right? Like Absolutely. it appeases fans of R&B, it appeases yeah. fans of, of hip hop, and it appeases... Yeah. A lot of mainstream the, value there. Of course. Sure. Yeah. 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 I am... I mean, for me, where, where do I feel like it's relatable? Yeah, because I think you, you raised some good points. I don't... There's so much I feel like I can't relate to, like... And, I mean, not for lack of trying. I know we, like, talk about Blickies every day. I've never even seen a gun in real life i mean and and it's because my friend won't let me see when my friend has one i won't name him by name here on this podcast but and it's probably a good idea i'm probably not a person who should see a gun to be honest (laughs) or touch one so i don't blame him but all that to be said i mean i'm using blicky in everyday conversation now and i think um you know there's and you know it's representative as of music as a whole but there's always a sense of escapism in music, and I think that's sort of what it is. It's like, I like to think <laughs> I have ops. Obviously, I don't. Like, I don't. We use the term ops, but like... We do have some ops. <laughs> I know, but, but it makes it more. It makes it feel more cinematic to say it like that rather than just like... I have a friend that dislikes me right at this moment. <laughs> right. Okay, op. Yeah, yeah. So makes me feel a little bit better when people maybe don't like me that we can just call them ops. Yeah. It's like, but I also feel like me and you are the really the only ones that do that. Probably. Yeah. In our friend group, at least. Right? Yeah, that's true. Like I, we that's don't true. hear some of our other friends like, oh, yo, let me grab the blicky so I can blick my op. But they still like listening to it. Yeah, for sure. And it's because we've kind of forced it into them. Of course. And I think that's part of our responsibility. Like as... I think uh, educated consumers of the art, or at least, you know, want to be educated consumers of the art. Um, we need to make sure that some of these opinions that have been out there about like lyrical rapping and stuff like that and the devaluing of the genre. Like, I feel like as consumers in this space, we have the responsibility to push back on that. Yeah. And like, we need to make sure our friends do understand the value of these things and like use the influence we might have on the smallest possible scale to like make sure they're understand the bigger picture and i think like about like the metro boomin album like like i feel like he's really sort of ushered in a new era for modern producers and sort of created something that hasn't been created before and i think that's that's pretty cool to see and i want people to see that as well like i think an average person might not understand why that is sort of a big deal so i think like maybe just constantly posting my instagram story does that job and that's just me sort of excusing all my posts yeah (laughs) but that you bring up a good point right like what are other ways that both me and you and the general public can support or show support to the these artists that we deem godlike or that we we idolize and that we listen to their music almost every day you know and i think I, I don't know the answer to that, right? And yeah. I think it, it starts with posting and bringing awareness to it, for yeah. sure. 
Um, but what are some other ways in your opinion that we can kind of bring that to light? And before I answer that question, here's a word from our sponsors. In November 2022, California voters made the crushing vote to reject Prop 27, which would have legalized 10 leg parlays statewide. But folks like myself aren't going down without a fight. That's why in 2026, I, J.D. Smith Jr., am running for governor of California. We unfortunately have to wait three more years before we can turn our dollar Hail Marys into six figures. And when I get to the governor's mansion, use hashtag JDS as governor for up to $500 in free play. Yeah, so, so as fans, how do we sort of support the genre as a whole um, and make sure it gets the, the, the respect it sort of deserves? I think, and you know this, you've been to almost, I think, at least 50% of the listening parties I've had. Um, I, I love throwing listening parties. They're epic. Yeah, they're epic. I mean, it's, it's fun because we get to hear them at 9 o'clock on Thursday nights. Uh, and I think I, I like to have people there who maybe wouldn't listen to that album otherwise. So sort of introducing them to, to new music. Uh, they usually end up satisfied customers. Uh, so I think that's something that I sort of can do on like a small scale. I think it's also, you know, important to make sure you're supporting the right causes. Uh, right now, really, you know, this is a political podcast. So so these are the points we're going to be touching on. Uh, the legislation that's super popular right now is about uh, banning hip hop songs in courtrooms and in, in, uh, in trials, which I think is a really important one. It, it is an art form and it should be respected like any other art form. So course, yeah. yeah, I think, uh, you know, supporting causes and, and politicians who support bills like that and that type of legislation, I think is super important. So I think that's, that's more of the political side of it. And then I just love a good goddamn listening party. It's, yeah. it's a blast every single time. Yeah. Side um, note, let's, Free YSL, yeah. free thug. <laughs> yeah, and, and have to throw that in there. We we will get to the trial at, at some point in this podcast. Uh, what about you? What other what other responsibility do you think you can sort of bear as a fan? Yeah, I mean, like some of the obvious basic ways that we can show support are you know going to the tours, going to the concerts, yep. being there to support our guys. Yeah, um, buying physical physical releases when they drop them like vinyls or merch were to us like our closet is yeah. filled yeah that's where i spent all my money me too like i'm really into signed cds right now yeah but because they sell them for like 15 dollars, and for... it's no problem yeah because it's like they just want the sale so if you buy an album signed it'll take them like you know probably a couple hours to sign like five thousand cds yeah but see this is where you and i have a little gripe because i i personally don't think that they sign them <laughs> they do, i think that shit is screen printed no, for sure it's definitely not like you've seen the push of the one. they have someone in their crew like chubbs just like yo can you just sign these for <laughs> and you saw the little baby one that one's my favorite he wrote little baby in all cursive yeah like no way that's his handwriting bro i don't you think you don't think little baby knows cursive i'm not i'm not saying that i'm supporting my guy but it's i mean real. It, it, it was it was great pensmanship and calligraphy i will say that thank you yeah but and it's not screen printed it's that and was, when i bought it from when i bought it from the website it shows a little video of them signing albums. Yeah, all right, yeah. Trying to push it more. That I actually, <laughs> let me sign this one. And then, you know, y'all, you can emulate the rest. Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, that's a little bit at least, though, of how we're sort of pleading the culture, as, as we said in the intro. Uh, that That's, you know, this is our version of so- showing support. We're doing the listening parties. Uh, we're getting the signed, <laughs> signed CDs, whether they're signed or not, actually. Uh, we're, we're supporting, you we're know, buying so all the merch. We're buying the merch. Yeah. So that's, uh, 
that's that's the first episode. I think that's it, right? I think that's pretty good, and I know that all of you listeners probably think we haven't beat the culture of <laughs> Vulture Charges Still yet. Still episode one. Quite yet, yeah. um, but just stay tuned. You know, Rock with us for a little bit more, and we promise that. We got we- some more good stuff coming. Yeah. A- episode two, um, we're going to be talking about everyone's favorite political topic a bit, uh, cancel culture. I think hip-hop has a unique history and relationship with cancel culture. So we're going to be getting into that, and, and I think you know what that means. You know who we're going to be talking about. Happy's, happy's day one A1 guy. Not anymore. Kanye Omari West, we'll see you on episode two. We'll see you on episode two. This is I Plead the Culture. Signing out. Signing out. Signing out.